I just can't figure out if it's because you're advanced or because I'm stunted. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. I am loving. You do not talk about Fight Club. Life moves pretty fast. You don't stop and look around once in a while. You could miss it. Hello everybody and welcome to another episode of the Glassé Film Club podcast. Yes, I'm here to dive into a film once again, explore it, pull it apart and let you know what I think of it. But you know I don't do this alone, I never do this alone. And my good friend, film whiz and passionate man of the universe, Callum is with me today. Callum, how are you doing? Are you ready for another bit of film back and forth with me? Good morning, absolutely primed. Good, as all, as good. always, yeah. How are you I'm feeling good. today? What, what have you been up to recently? Um, I went to a, I went to the, I went to a gig last night, um, which was well, it, it was okay. <laughs> like, <laughs> I enjoyed. It was good to see some live music again. Um, you've been on a good run of gigs recently. I have, yeah, I have. I've been to. I saw, yeah, I, I was in Blackpool the other weekend, see, uh, seeing a. A guitarist called Beans on Toast, sort of like a nice. socialist kind of folky type of guy. It's good. It's it really, right really good. Street. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it was really good. I feel like all the all the left wing people in Blackpool came out of the like crawled out from under their rocks and sort of <laughs> like came together at this at this gig. I, mean, yeah, I, I didn't expect I didn't expect someone like that to have a following in. In, in the hometown of in the hometown of Blackpool, however they well, there you apparently, have it. apparently it does, so that was cool. Uh, what else have we been up to? Um, nothing really. I mean, yeah, nothing. I mean, I, I, obviously the gigs and stuff, but nothing sort of incredibly exciting. I feel like making life happen. Yeah, just kind of existing. Really, I think there's a sort of there's a there's a beauty to just existing. Um, it's con- I'm conscious that you know. Everything like every you, everything has to be a, a kind of a, a grand. Um, I've got to be doing something amazing all the time. Yeah, like a moment. Um, exactly. Yeah, yeah, a moment or a, you know. But we're actually like sometimes the the footnotes are just as powerful rather than. Yeah, the, I'm with you on that because we do yeah. often feel the pressure just to constantly churn out moments, don't we? Because I mean, that question I asked you there's probably a bit low, isn't it? What have you been up to? And then it's like, oh, I need a list of specific things I've been doing to like. Be like, oh, my life's been worthwhile because I've done this, this, and this. Now I'm with you, just enjoying the existence, enjoying the pace of life. Yeah, just existing. Yeah. Good. I like that. I like that. See, we've got to a good place already early on in the podcast. Great analysis. I haven't even started analysing the film. What, <laughs> what have we become? This is, we've, we've crossed a, another plane. Public public intellectuals, Marcus. <laughs> public intellectuals. Radio mm. 4 will be on the line before we know it. But until then, we'll still bang out these film reviews. And we've got another biggie today. We're not shied away from a classic once again. We've got a big one. Martin Scorsese, Taxi Driver. It's something that we think is... One film that we want to get into, we want to talk about, we want to go through those big cinema films. Yes, we talk about new releases and get into those, but there's there's a lot of films on the, the cinema canon that we always want to try and work through and find out what they mean to us, but what they mean to the development of film over time. And this is one of them that's been calling out to us for a while, so of course we 
dived into the back seat of the taxi of taxi driver and see where it <laughs> drove us to. And the first stop off is going to be Callum's overview of the film. So Callum, as always, can you give us a little overview, please, of Taxi Driver? I'm loving the analogy. Like, the yeah, first, I really want to steer off. into some more analogies. Oh, so there you go. Steer into it. Oh my lord. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, yeah. So I feel like Taxi Driver is one of those. I was saying to you off air. It's one of those movies that I think any sort of lover of film or anyone who's interested in film should see it at some point just because it is a really, really well put together film. Um, It was filmed in 1976. um, So quite an interesting decade, particularly in America or just American history generally. Um, And the film does sort of comment on a lot of the social, political, economic um, issues that are happening in the in, in, in the mid to late seventies. Um it was direct, directed by Scorsese, written by um Paul Schrader. Um it's got Robert De Niro in it and Jodie Foster, which the film got quite it got criticized quite a little bit, quite controversial because Jodie Foster's character, she plays a twelve year old. Um she, well she was she is a twelve year old, but she plays a child prostitute. Um so it got quite a lot of um uh controversy for that. But it's been hailed as like one of the greatest films ever made, largely because of its um, cinematography, but also some of because of the social and political issues that it focuses on. It follows the story of a, a guy called Travis, who's played by De Niro, um, and he's been discharged from the U.S. Marine Corps. He's been a Vietnam veteran, um, and he's quite obviously got PTSD, and he's living on his own in a, a bed sit in, in New York City. Um, he takes a job as a taxi driver, um, exclusively driving around at night, which I think is significant because the film is, he suffers from insomnia and the film's all about sort of how he processes that insomnia. And I think it, it's manifested in his sort of, in his viewpoint of society. It's the film's all about the male gaze, like how does he interact with the sort of underbelly of New York City? And he goes to all sorts of different sort of places. Like he goes to like porn theatres and um, keeps a diary as well, talking about his attitudes to race and women in particular. And he's absolutely horrified and disgusted by the sort of the poverty that exists in, in New York City. Um, so it follows his sort of his journey back-to-back night shifts, driving a taxi around New York, um, and it culminates in him trying to uh, assassinate um, a presidential candidate, I think. Is he trying to assassinate a presidential candidate, or is he trying to assassinate the president? The presidential candidate. Presidential, yeah. Yeah. yeah, so it, he's trying to assassinate him, um, but he's he's not successful, because all his rage and his emotion and his insomnia has led him up to this point, that he wants to kill somebody who... Um, who he who he who believe who he believes isn't necessarily doing anything, but he also believes that will get him attention, the attention that he desperately craves because he is very lonely. Uh, that doesn't work out, so he ends up um, going to uh, a brothel and shooting a lot of pimps instead. And the film manifests in this sort of explosion of quite graphic violence. I think it's more of a commentary on um, on American society in the seventies, really. But we'll delve we'll delve into the themes, won't we, Marcus? We that's, ta- we that's, ta- that's that's taxi driver in a nutshell thank you very much for that callum and i will leave a tip after you drop me off 
<laughs> but no, great, great, thank you. And I'll give my initial reaction, and I'll start by saying these type of films, I always slightly conflicted because classic cinema pieces, and this is a classic cinema piece. Yes, because of the themes we're going to discuss, but because visually the type of filmmaking and what it represents. And I do like these type of films. Like In my head, it's comparing a bit to Godfather in terms of why that's such a big film. And Lord is one of the greatest because it's an epic of cinema, but visually a big story and also the graphic nature of it. And what I films that appeal most to me are more ones where I connect with the dialogue, I connect with the plot and story and the characters. Whereas films like this, I feel are loved because of their style, their visuals, and the experiment, the experiments that it takes within the story and the themes, which is great, and I love getting that range of it, but I'm always going to struggle to connect as much with these films. Having said that, I did think this was fantastic in terms of those reasons I've laid out, and I think that it kind of, it made you feel uncomfortable in certain ways and dragged you into that weird almost ethereal world that he lives in of non-sleep and like you say living and working in the underbelly of New York and seeing the worst sights possible there but actively searching out those areas whether it be because of his struggles and his PTSD or because he wants to push himself further into that underbelly as part of his identity. And I liked that feeling of kind of uncomfort and the kind of the visuals of the film. There's a lot of isolated shots just of him and his uh, character and how he feels. And like you said, the writing of the diary, but also just him in his apartment on his own. And you feel you feel the stuffiness, you feel the heat from outside, you feel the the isolation of him. And for that, you can you can definitely get the delivery of the film of like I said, those quite powerful visuals and the feeling it's looking to create within the audience. So the only reason where I feel a little bit left out from a film like this is because the two main things I always uh, go on about are how the film makes you feel as you're watching it and the things that you can dive into and, and take from it. And the things you can take from this film, as we'll go into, there are a lot, but I always want something that I can take to think about bigger that it gives me that I connect with and whereas these are is it's more kind of shocking and uh it's challenging rather than um the kind of characters I want but hey I, I I will explore this as we go but I just wanted to give that little caveat because a lot of the time we go into films where it's not necessarily my genre and I want to look at it from a perspective of knowing it's not my genre and what it means so to kind of conclude on that opening point is I did find it very gripping and I did like the kind of visual cinema of it and absolutely can see why it is that classic because I was kind of quite fascinated by by the journey it was taking. What about you? Where do you sit within this kind of whole uh, area of the classics and especially within this one? Well, I think there's like a... When you watch a movie and it's being sort of dangled in front of you, like a severed head saying, you must, you must watch this movie because it is a classic... Or yeah. you must watch this because it's an important movie to watch. It's kind of like, oh, is it? Right, I'll watch it in my yeah, own yeah. time. And I am, I immediately, sure. I immediately sort of turn off. However, um, I watched this movie, um, and it was kind of like I was aware of the sort of 
cultural freight that was associated with it, you know. Um, yeah. And I tried, to, I, I was like kind of going in expecting to be impressed. And I was, to really. I mean, the thing is, with with these type with these types of classic movies, you, there's always an expectation, isn't there? There's an expectation in terms of right, right. I expect to be amazed because it's this classic movie. But when it came out, it, I mean, it got various accolades. But I think one thing that Taxi Driver has done, or what's happened to Taxi Driver, is that it's got better as time has gone on. It's got better through time because of what Scorsese does with the camera, like. It's become a classic sort of the Scorsese way almost in terms of how it's filmed. For me, the main strength of this movie is De Niro's acting. I think he's brilliant in it um, just because I think he really captures a sort of American masculinity that was really prevalent in the 70s um, and continues to sort of be a pillar of American society today, but not in the same way. It's interesting that he it's it's set in New York City. New York City now it's like one of the richest country, richest uh, cities in the entire world. The New York City that has created Travis's damaged masculinity, I don't think exists in the same way. Now the damaged masculinity of New York City is the sort of obsession with it's the American psycho masculinity. Mm. It's the, it's the sort of like it's the obsession with with corporatism. It's the it's the, it's the Donald Trump masculinity almost like it's this sort of like obnoxious wealth that you've that you've sort of drained from the city whereas Travis's masculinity has come from his experience in war a war that was told you you're fighting for freedom you're fighting for an American ideal of freedom and he comes back and he's and he's living in poverty like it's just quite an interesting um analysis of white masculinity i think culturally speaking and i think de niro does does it encapsulate that he, he performs it quite well um but the, the the cinematography is the thing that also gives it its gives the film its its freight really there's a there's a weight to the film in terms of how it's filmed i mean travis is always positioned slightly away from others for example like in in the shots he's always he's always on the edge even in groups of people, when he's talking to his fellow taxi drivers, he's always on the edge of society. And um, the the cinematography, you're seeing New York through his gaze. And that's why the movie's quite skillful in sort of, it's almost a critique of the male gaze as well, particularly in terms of how he views women. Um, he kind of almost stalks Betsy a little bit, um, which is not isn't a little bit, he does stalk her. Um, it's sort of a, like analysis of race as well. Like, I think I think the movie has a lot of cinematographic, cinematographical. Is that a word? We'll go with that. Cinematographical yeah. uh, freight, and that that's the thing that I keep using the word freight just because it, it heavy like movements. Like it, it is though, isn't it? it? Yeah. Anyway, I'm rambling. I like you the do. cinematography. Yeah, absolutely. Now, crack on with that point because. I feel like the film is un- it's an uncomfortable watch. That's what I'd describe it as. It's quite uncomfortable in many ways because, like you say, he's an uncomfortable character. He yeah, He's there stalking women. He's got uncomfortable views at times. He's got very uncomfortable actions all through the film. And you feel like you float through the film with him. That's the symbolism of the, 
the taxi as well, isn't it? Is that yeah. you are you are just slowly cruising along with him and the whole film feels a bit dreamlike in that sense is that you are floating through with Travis's character but feeling discomfort all the way you never feel settled anywhere you never feel like you're comfortable in a certain situation like his life and obviously the taxi itself and I think those scenes are always quite powerful when it comes back to him in his apartment, as I mentioned before. You feel enclosed, it feels a bit stuffy, and that represents the isolation of him from society, which plays out in every element and interaction he says um, he has in the film, as you say. But I just wanted to go back to you on that and be... And you mentioned about war and yeah. the American masculinity and the society that plays with. And obviously he, he comes back to New York and has a big issue with how um, the, how society is. And his biggest outpourings of rage and frustration are about the scum of society. How, uh, like you said, the poverty, how people act in New York. But of course, violence plays a huge part in this film. Um, it revs up to extreme violence, but violence always is there bubbling away, whether it be in the small acts of violence or the conversations he has. What do you think is the role of violence within the film and how do you think it serves to push those themes that you've mentioned there? Well, I think his character is most clearly expressed through violence, isn't it? I mean, uh, violence itself, it's not just about the execution of pimps or the um the beating the beating people up or um it's not the violence isn't just about that it's actually about the violence of the um uh the violence of sight as well like he sees a lot of violent poverty like extreme forms of poverty yeah extreme okay. forms of 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 uh of just wealth inequality i mean there's a divide that um, there's a divide that exists in society in the sense that um, he frequents all these sort of porn theaters and he frequents all these places where he's trying to sort of I don't know if he's come, trying to come to terms with his sort of sexual identity or whether he's just kind of lonely and sexually repressed. But I just I just thought of it just then. There's an interesting sort of thing going on here with with violence in the sense that like in the sixties. Or like sort of sexual freedom, sexual liberation. Um, it's seen as this sort of like hippie, sort of cool, progressive thing. But when that's expressed in a really, really poverty-stricken area of New York with a guy that's obviously got PTSD and he's trying to make sense of it, he's he's trying to sort of unleash his sexual repression i guess is a in the most horrific and violent way as well but like the space that well, the space where he can do that is sort of lauded as a horrible place to do it um he doesn't know how to communicate with people he doesn't know how to interact with the opposite sex because the space doesn't exist for him to do that because every space that he travels through is just constantly violent and poor and completely um displaced i guess so it's an it's an interesting complication within his character is basically what i'm trying to say in the sense that you know i think it's a critique of white men in reagan in reagan era america um but i also think 
it's about an intensified obsession with the Third Amendment and trying to be noticed and be something, particularly in a society that throughout the 40s, 50s and 60s continually told people that you can be whatever you want to be, America is a land of freedom, etc., and all the cultural baggage that comes with that, the political baggage that comes with that. And he's kind of, he's embodying, or at least trying to come to terms with that transition. He is a product of conservative America. You know, he's a US Marine that went and fought in the Vietnam War. He presumably grew up, because he's only in his 20s, so he what, he would have grown up in the, he would have, he would have been a child of the 50s, a child of the 60s. He's grown up in a he's he's a product of conservative america but then america is becoming intensively more conservative but you've got the hippie movement as well and you've got the countercultural movement but you've also got the sort of the racism as well and the poverty as well and it's like how does he fit into all of that he's like almost he's, he's almost living in he's living in he's living and experiencing several worlds by being a taxi driver because he's seeing so many different sort of tranches of society and i think that's the violence of society right there i think it's not just about um exp- it's not just about killing people violently or beating people up it's about the sort of the violent transition that society is going through almost both economically and socially at the same time yeah absolutely and there's there's a lot then like you say it very much is the critique that it's offering or the insight that it's offering is all bound up within his complex, very complex character. Yeah, absolutely. And so the question I asked you about violence and how does that serve the film, I think that it goes so hand in hand with his loneliness. And you mentioned that earlier. And I think that mm. his loneliness plays a big part in everything that you've talked about, his isolation from society, his loneliness. And throughout the film, he is seeking a way, whether actively or just through his actions without realising it, he's seeking a way out of his loneliness, whether it's quite simply whether his pursuit of Betsy or whether it be these violent thoughts he's having of wanting to be someone. Like you said, and I really, I really align with that point you were making about this idea of he feels an outside of society and the main thing that comes to his mind as a frustration, as a poverty in society and the scum he describes and how he feels repulsed by New York City. And who is the the face of making that better? The, the presidential candidate. But he represents the um, promises of the establishment that never come true. So he kind of then goes, well, that's he's going at it that way. But I've been told, I've grown up in an er- in an era and have gone out to represent uh, my country and been told that to make change and make things happen, acts of violence must be part of it. And I must, and he says, clean up the city. He literally means doing something to clean Mm. up the city. So this loneliness and uh, isolation in his character builds towards how do I make a difference? And that that violence that represents his psyche and maybe like you say that is a representation of what's going on in america at the time of to make a difference to make an impact i need to do something violent and i think that's both on a a bigger level and society but his internal character of he feels he needs to be the person who makes a difference he wants that 
he wants those plaudits in a way of, look, I've done something to make a difference, and that is to do a sweeping act of violence to change things for the better. Well, the film, well, on that as well, yeah, I agree. And the, well, the film's characterised by failure as well. Like, I mean, obviously he comes back from a, sort of a failed American project in Vietnam, a failed social welfare system that he's clearly suffering from, yeah. you know, a failed political establishment that's self-serving. Like, he even fails to achieve what he wants to achieve as well. Like, he just wants to... It's it's the ultimate expression of of repressed violence. And I do think... I do think Schraber and Scorsese are sort of saying, well, is it any wonder that someone like this exists, given the political con- complex of America? Mm-hmm. No, is it any wonder that someone like Travis exists? This yeah. lonely, sexually repressed, quite racist, quite misogynist American white guy. Because, I mean, really, Travis, there are thousands of Travises sure. in the US now. They're just not, they're not taxi drivers. Mm-hmm. Like, because, like, they're, not, they're, they're just not. Like, the taxi is significant. Is, is but it's still a very it's, relevant character isn't it a very relevant no No, exactly and that's that's what that's what the film is about it's about the taxi is a symbolic sort of it's an avenue by which the viewer it's a cinema it's a cinematographic narrative technique it's a narrative in which you can sort of experience all these different sort of tranches of american society you experience them through the taxi but there are thousands of travis travis's in America now, like all the issues that he is part of, sort of this sort of like repressed masculinity, like repressed, just being repressed because of an American political and social system, a failed welfare system. He's the product of that. So it's like, is it any wonder that someone like that exists? Yeah. I mean, the, the interesting thing, I mean, um, so what did you think about the sort of, um, meant to ask you this, what did you think about, do you think the film is racist? Or do you think... Because obviously racism plays a huge part, doesn't it? And, like, Travis, Travis's character is sort of the product of an American, of an American system. It's like, do you think the film is a critique of him and his character and what he represents? Yeah. Or do you think it's kind of like, you should feel sorry for this person? Or do you think there's a middle ground there? In this scenario, and I always do try and give the filmmaker the benefit of the doubt because I believe that what film is there to do is to show a character and then use Mm. that as a critique of wide society. So I would absolutely err towards saying, no, you're not meant to sympathize with him. You're meant to look at him and go, look at these views that are held as a result of the individual and the society that Mm. has spawned this individual and look how horrific these are and can be and look how it plays out in reality and and this is the world that we live in so yeah i i absolutely believe in most situations and definitely in this one is that the filmmaker is looking to do that this is why it is obviously a tricky line because there's very clearly racist acts and language used in it um which on the surface then you're like okay well that is racist and mm. it is because but those characters are using it and they're using it to serve the purpose of you are meant to look at these people and 
be disgusted by the behavior and be like okay well yeah that is that is society isn't it look how horrifying this is um mm. so yeah i think that was de- definitely what i'd lean towards is the filmmaker going look i'm using this as a representation to go look at this person and then look at how it reflects society you're not meant to sympathize you're meant to be put off and, and learn from it but it's a tricky line with film and i think a lot of mm. um creators of art struggle with that because by you you run a risk of doing that with people who do look at it and sympathize with it and then you end up actually making the opposite point of what you're trying to do rather than point the finger and go just look at this you're actually creating a character that people get behind and align with yeah because i i was thinking that what you just said there this sort of like because i mean like i said earlier like there are there are millions of travises um in society now i mean half of them voted for donald trump right i mean it's an, it's it's just an interesting character i think it's, i think the films i think the character is more relevant i guess than it's than it's ever been in a way but i mean i guess the reason why i asked the question was because I think there's a kind of an element of sort of dramatized racism, like when he shoots the black thief, for example. There's a kind of like sort of embodiment there, I guess. Yeah, then... It's quite shocking because he like he shoots him dead, yeah. yeah, and then he just kind of walks off, and the shop owner's just like, "Oh, don't you know?" As if it's just like, oh, "I can sort this out fine." As if it's yeah, nothing. well, it's like that. That scene in particular is quite important though, because like the black guy is robbing the store because he's poor, and like the film it the film makes it about Travis being the anti hero because he yeah. saved the shop from being robbed by this black thief, you know yeah. what I mean? So it's like it's quite a difficult sort of scene to watch. And I'm not necessarily is I'm not necessarily I are are you are we meant to sort of see Travis's character as a as a result of um poverty and he's been driven to to that point um because obviously his views come from somewhere and the and the idea and the implication is that his views and his and the way he is has come because he doesn't have his he doesn't have a lot in the american society anymore um but then in other respects then the, the racism as well is like displaced onto other characters as well like with the the psycho passenger in the back of his cab yeah. when he when the guy when he thinks his wife's sleeping with with a black cat, with a black guy, so there's 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 element there's there's it's such a the, the reason why I like this movie is because it the the themes that it brings up are so complex and that it doesn't necessarily leave you with one definitive analysis. Yeah, um, absolutely, absolutely. Anyway, we're gonna have to push on because there's still some bits I want to get through, and uh, <laughs> we're having a good old chat here. And so I just want to before we round off, I want to yes. talk about the ending because I found that really fascinating and intriguing. And, um, hey, there's probably countless discussions of this already online, but I just wanted to talk about my initial reaction without even diving into that. So the ending, he goes and shoots up the brothel, um, and afterwards um, he gets shot, but then it kind of fades into him becoming a bit of a hero off the back of it. Loads of newspaper articles written about him. Um, He gets written to... Uh, by the family, the parents of Iris, and also then Betsy comes in his taxi afterwards and kind of like has a nice 
parting message for him in a quite strange scene. My reaction to that straight away was, this isn't real. This is feels like a dreamlike sequence to end the film with. And the message of it is so against the message of the rest of the film. So my reading was that he actually does shoot himself after the shooting because there's a, there is a shot of him where he pretends to shoot himself with his fingers um, mm. shaped like a gun. And then the rest of the film is actually a, a dream sequence of what he imagined the result of this shootings in the brothel would be. And he would become a hero because all through the film, he's revving up to try and do something to be someone through this acts of violence for the reasons that we've discussed. And actually he gets his, and that's his perfect play out of it. And just the scene with Betsy as well, just feels too uh, like ethereal and, and dreamlike and everything seems too perfect about that against how the rest of it went. So that was my initial thought. Hey, that might be going too far with it because then I thought about, well, just the straight view of it is, okay, that actually did happen. And maybe the point is that it's making is, look, um, society is quite fickle and does flip and if you do do acts of violence to to actually go against the baddie of society then you will get lauded for it and it's quite a confused and conflicted society and that's actually what happened but when i think about it i think the dream sequence idea makes more sense because the whole thrust of the film is his isolation and him creating this fantasy world in his head where he can do something to make an impact or change or whatever like messed up aim he's trying to get to and the ending is almost too perfect in how it plays out is that it feels like it is a dream sequence rather than a reality just to quickly just comment yeah, on that what what's your yeah. thoughts kind of i know we could do a whole another half an hour talking about this but just quickly what are your initial thoughts on that well originally i thought it was kind of like you know that's the sort of ultimate ending. It's an ultimate ultimate expression of of violence, an ultimate expression of who... It's the only way he knows how to sort of express himself in a society that has repressed him. So for him to be seen as a hero or to get that much craved attention, that's that's his ultimate goal. So originally when I, when I first watched it, I was like, yep, yeah, that makes sense because that's what he represents. He, suppose, he wants to be this hero and he's got it. And that's fine, I guess. But then now that you've said that, maybe it is an imagination. Yeah, I just think there's something there. I just think Because there's, there's that, 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 that scene when he pretends to shoot himself, it's almost... I feel like that's the point where he shoots himself and then everything after that is what he like. he's imagining. Because so, he, he talks about himself in the context of something bigger all the time. In his diary, he's talking about himself positioning him in his own identity and his own character in in and in the tapestry of New York City. He's always seeing himself as being something bigger. So for him to be seen as this hero in the papers and all that sort of stuff, that for him that would be um the sort of the zenith of his of his goal at that particular point. Because it that, just it seems yeah. too ridiculous. Like as if yeah. that's the point of the filmmaker is that like it's absurdly ridiculous like the bit like the detail of the letter he gets sent saying oh you're welcome yeah. to come over for tea if you want or and like the headlines and then or betsy maybe, and may, maybe the let maybe that letter is just maybe you know because obviously what he is in this in the 70s 
being this sort of like veteran of the Vietnam War, I mean, you know, America at this point was still very conservative, still very sort of reeling from the Vietnam War. Maybe the people that write in that letter, maybe they are just that old conservative America yeah. that well, feels that sorry. Thought is that feel okay, feel that sorry feel sorry for him like they you know what's happened to our veterans voices you know what i mean it's it's that type of narrative you know in the sort of the the economic decay of society the people you know why aren't we giving our heroes a voice or attention why we're giving the wrong people attention it's that sort of whole uh that whole narrative that 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 seeps into every aspect of of society whose narratives are we championing Championing, I guess. But yeah, that sort of dreamlike sequence, the imagination of the ending, i that's a really interesting point. I think, yeah, again, Scorsese is just so good. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But let's wrap there. Let's wrap that there. Some great discussion points there, Callum. I'm really glad we got into that. So thank you for diving so deeply once again. Let's wrap up with um, our closing thoughts and rating. So just a quick back to the caveat, as I said, don't always dive in easily with this type of genre, but did like this film. Frustrations are sometimes just as watching it. Wasn't always compelled by everything. Like it is, like I said it is uncomfortable and that's part of it, but just sometimes it's like, oh, I just want a bit more interaction. I need a bit more from this. And like, this is my only frustration with these type of films and the Scorsese stuff is, is great, but the way it doesn't resonate with me is because it is like, I'm making a point of making visual cinema here and it's great and but then sometimes it's like is this just because it's visually appealing or is it because it's all part of a great film and and i I, I dip in and out of that but having said that like we discussed i think the character embodies so much it's uh so much we could i've discussed about society i think it's a great reflection at the time but also stands the test of time like you said it's get got better with age as well the film there's a lot that's developed from it and it works and i do love those scenes within the apartment when he's arming himself as well as part of that but when he's writing his diary so i'm gonna go for eight out of ten because i do think it's it was a fantastic film but like i said just my little frustrations there maybe a little bit of that's going towards my personal preference hey who knows but eight out of ten for me taxi driver very good film callum i'm gonna give it nine out of ten purely because i really like the cinematography i like the social narrative that comes with it the cultural freight, I suppose. That's my new word, that. There we new, go. Is that phrase. is that replacing sonic literacy? Uh, no, they're going to coexist. Okay, hand in uh, hand. Hand in hand, yeah. Sonic literacy and and, uh, and cultural freight. But it does, it does bring that, though. There is a lot of political and cultural freight to it. I like movies that sort of say, that comment on the society. Um... I also like movies that are a product of a society in which it's critiquing. It's an interesting point that the film makes about sort of violence and racism but and sort of noir. I just think it's interesting. Um, it's an interesting movie to see. And I'm going to give it 9 out of 10 purely because I think it's a very well-made movie as well. It's very art house. I quite like it for that respect. Thank you very much, Callum. So, and there we have it. Another review 
another day, another great chat. And onwards we go to another. But that was our review of Taxi Driver. As we said, we don't shy away from the big ones. It was another classic that we've sunk our teeth into and I thoroughly enjoyed it. There was plenty more to come. As we're edging towards our 50th review calendar, it's very exciting. It's exciting. Um, we've got a little something up our sleeve for that. So look forward to that one. But we're still loving making these reviews, chatting about the films, and there's plenty more still to come. So keep watching all the films yourself. Keep chatting about them. Send us your thoughts and feelings as well, because we'll still be here diving in ourselves. But until next time, that was the Glass A Film Club podcast, and we will see you later.